Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, it's Christmas Eve. This is Dr. Phil. That means you found your way to fill in the blanks. I think it's a good time to talk about rituals, traditions, what makes Christmas special at your house. So I thought what I would do is just get some of my friends around, guys that I spend a lot of time with. We play tennis, we hang out, and talk about what we do at Christmas in our lives, in our families. So you're going to hear what the guys I hang out with do. We're going to talk about all of that in 40 seconds. Well, since we're talking about family traditions and stuff at the holidays, I thought, who better to start out with than my wife, Robin? So we should at least talk about ours. Oh, yes. Let's talk about what we do at our house Christmas first. Okay, great. You know it's my favorite holiday. I know. Well, every holiday is your favorite holiday right before the holiday. I love it. I love the decoration. But Christmas is a big one, right? Yes. Everyone has to know that I have to have all of the decorating done by the first of December, like the first week of December. Try to have them all up by the time we sit down for Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, we almost always do, but this yes. year was a, we were a little late because we were in New York for yes. Thanksgiving this and year. Thanksgiving was so late in the month, but yes, right. you're right. Yeah, so Robin really gets into decorations, yeah. and they're always themed, and they're themed by the kids, yes. whatever Avery and London. When our kids were little, Jay and Jordan, they always kind of pick the theme. Uh-huh. But now that they're older than Avery and London, Jay's children pick the theme. Yes. And whatever they pick, she finds some way to do it. I sure do. And I always put a little spin on it. So there is a surprise to it for them. And I do it all myself. Everyone wants to know, do I bring someone in? But no, I do it all myself. Trust me, she does it all herself. In fact, she's been doing it for the last three or four days, like around the clock. Around the clock. But it's fun, right? It's been so much fun. So We play Christmas music all through the house, and you get in there and do it. So what's the theme this year? The theme this year is Candy Cane Christmas. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. Last year, I thought I might have overdone it with the gingerbread house in the foyer, and everything about Christmas was gingerbread. But this year, Candy Cane Christmas. Avery picked that, and she had fun with because she could go in the gingerbread house. Yes, she was shocked. A family of four could live in the gingerbread house. Yes, yes. So she loved that. But this year, it's candy cane Christmas. And yes. how many Christmas trees are in the foyer now? Well, I haven't finished. You know, today I'm bringing in the last of them. But what I really love is you love the way it looks. You are so in love with the Christmas theme because for the first time ever, I actually have red and white Christmas trees in the I foyer. Know. I love that. These red flock Christmas trees that have red lights on them. I know. I know. Yes. And so that's as red as you can get. So I probably have a total of 24 Christmas trees in the foyer that extend into our dining room and then into the hallway. There's some out on the patio, right? Yes. Yes. And I, I have a I have like a 12-foot red and a 9-foot white and maybe another one. And I've kind of pushed them together so they kind of look like candy canes it's yeah, gorgeous and then you've got the center table that you've got yes. 
jelly bellies and all kinds oh, of stuff. So I have candy there. canes, and I have some signs that say, have a candy cane Christmas. And then what's really cute is I found two of the most adorable photos of the babies. I still call them babies from past Christmases. One's on Santa's lap, and one of them, they're eating candy cane suckers. And I blew them up to like 16 by 20 and, and just huge and photoshopped the one with the suckers because it was a summertime photo. And so they're Christmas-themed. And probably have, how many candy jars would you say? Uh, 40, 50. <laughs> Full of, of candy. clear candy jars full of M&Ms and jelly beans and stuff, and candy, candy canes. Yes, yes, yes. My favorite thing about that is when you open the front door and the kids see it for the first yes. time because they just, I mean, their eyes yeah. just go crazy and then they're all over it. Also tradition, a friend of ours, Ken Solomon, Yeah. Uh, he's the head of Tennis Channel, is a amateur photographer, but unbelievable. He comes in and he lays on the floor and hangs yeah. from the rafters yeah. and takes pictures. Yep of everything at Christmas time and does a great job with all of that. So we get those decorations. Yeah. And then when we actually get to Christmas, now we're from the South, uh-huh. so food is really important at the holiday season in the South. And Robin has this special recipe for baked potato soup. It belonged to my mother. Right. So talk about traditions. It's like it's we've been doing every bit of this that we're talking about for, well, the 43 years we've been married. So every Christmas Eve, I make my mother's recipe of baked potato soup. Then we pick up one of the honey-baked hams. Right. And then I make homemade dinner rolls. So every Christmas Eve, our dinner is baked potato soup and ham sandwiches made on dinner rolls. Yeah. And that, I don't know what it is, but every year you start the hunt (laughs) for the recipe for this baked potato soup. And for the... Christmas cookies, these oh, those white cookies. And then they were my mother's right. almond cookie recipes. Yeah, they're well. almond cookies. And every year, she starts taking down these cookbook <laughs> after cookbook after cookbook. Uh, they all belong. Not to my because mother. it's published in the cookbook, because <laughs> she stuck the recipe yes. inside the cookbook. Why do I do that to myself? And we I have know. to find it every year. I it's know. like, oh I my panic. God, where is it? I go through that panic. And then right. every year I would call my sister for the almond cookie recipe. And it's so sad because last Christmas I couldn't call her, but I, I found it. And no, you couldn't call her because we lost Cindy I last lost year. So that was so our sad. first Christmas without getting to call Cindy to get know, the recipe. I know. But tradition is so important to me. So I right. make the almond cookies and the baked potato soup. And it doesn't matter where they are. The boys have to come over and Eric and the babies and have their traditional baked potato soup but sometimes erica and jay and the babies can't do it because there's another tradition they spend christmas eve with her family right and then they come over on to our home on christmas day yeah we always get jordan we always get Jordan, and then we get jay and erica and the babies we call them babies uh (laughs) christmas morning yeah of course jordan shows up two hours before they do looking at his watch Uh, pacing back and forth where are they well they They haven't even left the house yet they have to wait for santa claus to be at their home and they're getting older, and they like to lay around the house. I have to explain it to him every Christmas now, Jordan. Children are at home enjoying their presents from Santa. And here's another tradition I have to tell everyone about. Every Christmas morning, Philip prepares breakfast. Well, it's really kind of brunch, but he always takes the ham that's left over from the night before, and he stands at the stove, and he fries the ham, and he puts in biscuits in the oven, and he's in full charge of preparing brunch. 
Yeah, and he good sets it, it all out, and he sets up the buffet, and he does every bit of it. Pretty good at it, if I do He's say so great myself. at it. He sets out strawberry preserves and two or three different ones, and he does everything. And then we finally get down to um, opening presents. And mm-hmm. what we do present-wise, the adults, is we draw names. Mm-hmm. So at it's kind of like Secret Santa Yeah. at Thanksgiving. And uh, for the kids, we just buy the kids everything they want. presents. <laughs> she buys them everything they want, <laughs> plus a couple of things. But we draw names and that's always fun uh-huh yes and then she says of course i buy him a few things for christmas and when it's all over i gather them up in a box so they can go upstairs to the bedroom or maybe back to his office and a year later they're still in that box that is not sometimes true. i just rewrap them that is not true he's the hardest person to buy for he doesn't really like to receive presents. He loves to give them, which actually it's okay with me. But <laughs> yeah, there they said a year later, still in that box. That's not true. I think it is true, Philip. No, you got me something last year that I used. Say what it was. It's a pocket knife. It's true. <laughs> okay. I keep a pocket knife. In fact, I actually bought it from you. I gave you a penny for it, didn't I? Know, I know, you always do that. I recently yeah. got a knife from someone as a gift. Cat Cora, the chef. And she had never heard of that tradition well, that so you gave her a penny i gave her a penny yeah well you're supposed to do that yeah. so you don't get stabbed or yeah. something or cut mm-hmm. yeah so that's our yeah. that's our holiday tradition then we spend the day you know just yeah. with all the kids football. and yeah we watch football Playing play music play with the toys uh-huh. i always get stuck with putting something together and then i always some assembly required you have to bring in three engineers and an architect <laughs> sometimes we do turkey and dressing yeah. or prime rib but i always cook a big late dinner yeah, like I say, it's the South, so we're yeah. always into that. It's all about food. Then when we all get around at dinner time, we do talk about something that we feel we've really been blessed by that year. Reflecting back on the year, something we've really, really been blessed by. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we do reflect back and do that. And the babies now are old enough that they get to add to that conversation. So yeah. It's so fun. They're yeah. eight and nine and a half, so... It's becoming very, very sweet and so meaningful. Well, we want to hear your family traditions as well. And, you know, you guys have heard me say, I think one of the things that makes a family phenomenal is to have rituals and traditions. Those things that your children will remember all of their lives. And our boys are grown now. And they remember this all growing up through their lives. And now Jay's doing it with his kids. And I'm sure Jordan will if he ever settles down enough to have (laughs) children. But it's so important to have that rhythm to your family, rhythm to life, those rituals and traditions that you look forward to. And they don't just have to be associated with the holidays, but that's a great time to start Mm -hmm. and uh, create rituals and traditions. So that's what happens at the McGraw household over the holidays. Okay, well, I'm here with Freedom Wynn, Sinan Insir, and Greg Mydell. These are three of my really good friends. I play tennis with them. We hang out. We do all kinds of things together. And I thought we would talk about what the Christmas traditions are at people's house, because we're from different parts of the country. Greg's from the upper Midwest, Freedom's from Northern California, and Sinan is from Turkey. So we're going to hear some different things from him. Let's start with Greg. So Greg... Let's talk about this two different ways. You grew up in the upper Midwest, Illinois, right? Only child. 
So what were the traditions in your house? What was it like Christmas Eve? Tell me about growing up at your house. Well, Christmas Eve was always a gathering of my aunts and uncles and my cousins, and we'd all get together with my grandmother and my parents and everyone, and we would have just a very classic Christmas Eve dinner and gift exchange, and we would sure have a good time. The kids would rule the house, and we ate everything in sight. We made a huge mess and had a lot of fun. Very special memories. Now, did you guys open presents on Christmas Eve, or was it Christmas morning? In that case, we got together, we would open them Christmas Eve. But the family, my immediate family, always opens their gifts on Christmas morning. Was there a particular tradition? Like, I know your mother really well, and we call her the Colonel. She kind of runs everything, and she is the absolute sweetest woman in the history of the world. Did she have certain things that she made, cooked, for Christmas Eve or Christmas Day dinner? Was she the one that did all of that, or was it everybody bring something themselves? She did the majority of it. We would have a big feast, and my grandmother, when she was alive, God bless her soul, would be involved, and we'd have fantastic big turkey dinner with stuffing and mashed potatoes and great salads and everything. And then my grandmother always made red velvet cake which is something that's always very special in our family, even to this day. Our routine today is pretty much what it was decades ago. I've had red velvet cake at your house, and it's good. I don't know where it came from, but it was good. Now, growing up as a kid, is there any special Christmas that you remember or a special gift that you got, your first bike, your first game, your first anything? Was there a Christmas that stands out with you, or do they all just kind of run together? Well, I think as you... uh, Grew up, I look back when I was really young, getting my first Schwinn bike, I think it was, and it was a cool bike with high handlebars on it, which was kind of new to the scene at that time, and it was always a lot of fun. And as you grew up, every few years, there was something even more cool, be it a game, then you get the car bug, and you hope that your parents figure out that you're going to want a car someday. I didn't get one for Christmas, but I always let them know that's what I was looking for when I turned 16. And Even today, having young children of my own at 10, my wife and I, I mean, Christmas is a big deal, and I know they'll remember all of their fun gifts going forward, but bikes and cars and games and toys and fond memories with a lot of good food. You know, that's one of the things that I talk about, and you've read my book, Family First. You know, Greg's really special to me because he's the first person I met with regard to the Dr. Phil show. I'd been doing the Oprah show for Well, right at four years, right? And we made the decision that it was time to do Dr. Phil. And we were first going to do it at Harpo Studios. And then Oprah and I got to talking and decided that would be too much of a load on Harpo Studios in Illinois. So we were going to take on a production partner. We started meeting with different production companies. And as soon as I met Greg Modell at Paramount, the hunt was over. I mean, we met and clicked immediately, right? So I came to Paramount. Greg was there about another five years. And then Fox stole him away. But our relationship went way beyond professional and just what we were doing with regard to the show. Hell, I think we played tennis the day you went from Paramount to Fox. And here we are 18 years later. We just came off the tennis court right now. And I've watched your kids be born and grow. And I'm just curious, you know, I talk about in Family First that it's so important, I think, generationally, that we have rituals 
and traditions and customs in our families. It's kind of what marks our memories and our histories, and that we pass those on to the next generation. Have you consciously done that? Tell us about your two and what you've done as far as carrying those traditions on from what you did growing up to what you do with your kids now. Well, it's a big part of our life, and it is a huge tradition. Christmas Eve is very special. We get everybody together. We go to Christmas Eve Mass and then come back and have this huge feast. And my mother, who's 85 now, and my grandmother, or the kid's grandmother, is there. Her tradition is a part of it. We even kind of get a little over the top. We have great caviar on Christmas Eve night. That's one of our rituals. And then the next day, everybody shows up in their Christmas pajamas, and we light the fire, and we open our gifts, and we literally stay in our pajamas the entire day and then have another great fun dinner with everybody together, and we never leave the house. We cling together from Christmas Eve through the end of Christmas Day. Well, you have a son and a daughter. Which one gets most excited about Christmas? Well, they both do, but I think that my son Blake in particular, you know, he loves games, he loves sports, he loves music. So we kind of try to look for something that goes along with his nickname, DJ Blake, because he loves being a DJ at 10. (laughs) And so anything that he can do to add a mix or two to his music system is what it's all about. My daughter loves games and dolls and toys, so it's very special. Now, your wife, Nancy, is really all about home and making everything feel comfortable there. You've now been married, how many years is it? 13 and a half years. Do you guys still exchange gifts 13 and a half years in, or do you just make it about the kids? Well, I keep trying to make her realize it's just about the kids, but she likes a couple special gifts under the tree, I must say, and it makes it very special. So I always try to surprise her. You know, jewelry is always a good start, something fun. And we really, Nancy is a great homebody full of festivities and everything. And she comes from a huge family. She's one of seven kids, a big Catholic family. So celebrating the Christmas holidays is very, very important to all of us. And it is a tradition. How great is it to have your mother? And, you know, you knew my mother, of course. And when they get to that age, every year that we have them is a blessing. And I know you'll have your mother this year at Christmas. How special is it that she gets to see your kids grow up and be there for these Christmas traditions and all of that? Because this is really special to her, isn't it? Very special. It all started with her you know, years and years ago, and she makes sure that that tradition continues, both in making sure we get to Mass, to going to church, to enjoying our festivities in the evening, but making sure we are together as a family is what it's all about. And we do have a lot of fun. Well, one of the traditions that you and I share is, I don't know how many years it is now, but I've been on the tennis court at noon on Christmas Eve every year for, I think it's 38 years now. You and I have been on together. This will be our 18th year. At noon on Christmas Eve, we're on the tennis court. We might be finishing. We might be starting. It might be in the middle. But when that clock strikes noon, we're on the tennis court, and we haven't missed in 18 years. You realize we're at 18? It's something that I look forward to every Christmas Eve because we get in there, we play hard, we have a lot of great laughs getting all the guys together to enjoy the camaraderie of playing tennis together and everything. But it starts with you. You made it a very special moment in all of our lives. It's a great tradition. And then you work up a great appetite for the rest of the day. So uh, I'm ready to go have a feast after that. You feel like you can eat anything you want after a good workout, (laughs) right? Just about do. Well, thanks for sharing your traditions about the kids and all. Anything special for the kids this year? 
made your mind up yet? I'm sure with Blake, it's got to have to do with his music. Definitely with his music. We've had piano recitals. I just finished that uh, over the weekend. I know we'll be singing around the piano during the holidays. And our daughter will be playing. You know, she's all about Frozen. She loves Frozen. And the play Frozen is here now. And Frozen 2 just came out. So we're going to have a good time. Well, thanks for sharing all that. I get asked all the time on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, who are my friends? Do I actually have real friends that are not in jail or something? So they get to hear from you. And you're such a great dad. And like I say, I've known your mother forever. And you've really made her proud as a son and her watching you as a dad and the things that you do. I talk to her and it's just really special, her watching all the success you've had and particularly the success you have as a father and a husband. That's really special to her. It starts with you and I recommend everybody read all your books because uh, <laughs> including your keys to success and how to keep your family bonded and together, it's very special. So thanks for being a dear friend and best to you, to your family on the fantastic holiday. It's always so festive at the McGraw home. It's unbelievable. You would think that you're at the North Pole when you walk through the door. The trees, the lights, the colors, all the accoutrements that go along with it. The McGraw house is a very happy house during the holidays. Yeah, we just walked through a Christmas tree forest, that's for sure. So, Sinan, step in here and talk to us a little bit. Now, you have a shorter story to tell because you're from Turkey, and I asked you if you were going to tell us about your traditions, and you say Turkey's a little different. Yes, Turkey is a 99% Muslim country, so we don't get to celebrate Christmas there. So when I was growing up, the uh, only thing that we did is to skip English classes for two hours. <laughs> and like we played soccer or basketball on Christmas, on Christmas Day. So is that a day that's recognized at all? No, not at all. Nobody probably knows even about it. Really? But we do celebrate New Year's Eve. You've been in the U.S. now for 10 years. And once you got here, did you start celebrating Christmas? No, not the first few years. The first few years, the only thing we knew was to go to movie theaters because that's one of the few things that are open on Christmas Day. So the first few years, we spend uh, our time on the movie theaters. We, we even saw maybe two or three movies in a day because we were so bored. But eventually, in the last few years, we started celebrating Christmas like other people here. And we started inviting our friends to our house and do like a big feast. Has it gotten to be a special day to you now? I mean, Absolutely. is it something you look forward to? Absolutely. Me and my girlfriend love to cook to all of our friends. So in the last three or four years, we've been inviting a lot of our friends and cook for them. And I'm really looking forward for this year as well. You've got this girlfriend. If you do get married and if you do start a family, is Christmas something that you would introduce to the family? Absolutely, yes. I think it's a great way to see your friends and have a great time. And also, who doesn't like gift exchanging? I mean, everybody loves it. Well, I want to point that out because you'll be wanting to get all of us gifts come Christmas and everything. All right, Freedom, jump in here and let's talk about what happens in Northern California in your life. This is Freedom. It's a stage name that he was given when he was performing as a rapper, actually. And I asked him where he got the name Freedom, and he said, well... That will sound strange until you hear my government name was Gnome. I don't know if one's better than the other, but tell us about Christmas at your house. Oh, man, I loved Christmas growing up. I think it was the food for me. On Christmas Eve, we'd have a traditional meal, 
which included turkey, stuffing, my mom's famous mashed potatoes, pumpkin pie, and my favorite, honey-baked ham. As I got older, it was my duty to start picking up the ham. This was considered a rite of passage in my family, so to speak. But I think my parents were just sick of waiting in that long line. And then on Christmas Day, we'd see a movie and get round table pizza. Is that like a brand of pizza? It is. And it had to be thin crust. So was this a big thing in your family, Christmas? Is it something that was really celebrated in a big way? It was. My parents went all out. And I think being the only child, I got to reap the benefits of that. A big tradition in my family was I was only allowed to open one present on Christmas Eve. And then I had to wait to open up the rest Christmas morning. So as you can imagine, knowing me the way you do now, I did everything I could the weeks leading up to Christmas Eve to try to get permission to open just one more present. I even took out the garbage. I ate my vegetables. I even drank V8. And I hate V8. But yeah, I tried everything. And no matter what I did, they stuck to their guns, and I could only open one on Christmas Eve and the rest on Christmas Day. And I've lived away from home for a very long time and been doing things on my own. But when it comes to Christmas traditions, my parents are not budging, and I still can't get more than one present open before Christmas Day. Is this something that when you look back on childhood and think back through it, is this one of the things that really jumps out at you? Do you remember Christmas fondly, or is it birthdays? Is this up there in your memories, traditions, rituals that you think about with regard to your family? Yeah, definitely. Christmas is a big deal. You know, brought our family together each year. And that primarily consisted of my parents, my aunt and uncle, and my two cousins. But beyond those obvious reasons, I looked at Christmas as another chance to catch that ever-elusive gift giver we know as Santa Claus. Again, I tried everything. I stayed up till the wee hours of the morning. I set motion detectors by the chimney. I hid behind the couch because my parents would always help me set up cookies and milk on the coffee table by the chimney. So I hid back there thinking maybe if I can get a sneak peek, I can catch him in his act. But no, nope. Still till this day, every year I try and uh, I've yet to catch this guy. I will one year, maybe this year. Watch out, Santa. (laughs) I hope you catch him. Well, one of the things we always do at Christmas around here when we get around and have dinner is, and I talked about this with Robin, we always take a minute to reflect on the blessings that we've had during the year. And I think that's a really good kind of habit that we've gotten into. And I really recommend that. Because when you look back over the last year, I know the four of us here in this room now, I think we would all have to say, We've had a really blessed year. Wouldn't you guys all agree? Totally had a really blessed year. And I hope that's true for people listening. And you you can make it a blessed year. I'm continuing my podcast asking my friends, tennis buddies, what their traditions are at Christmas time. As you've heard, there have been some real differences about what people do. So now I'm talking to Hunt Turner. And Hunt, where did you grow up? I grew up in San Jose, California. Yeah. So tell me, what did you do growing up? What was your tradition in your home when you were a kid? Sure. So my tradition, my birthday's on December 21st. So we had a couple of traditions. One would be we'd always go to see the Nutcracker as a family, which was always a great tradition. 
teaching me a little bit about classical music. And the other awesome tradition was we always decorated the Christmas tree on my birthday. Oh, all right. So you double dipped. I definitely double dipped. Now, did you get gypped? Did you get cheated because they kind of blurred your birthday into Christmas or were they distinct? Well, the birthday was on the 21st, so we definitely had a little bit of a light birthday, but then you always got the big present on Christmas morning. Yeah, because my wife Robin's birthday is on the 28th, so they'd have Christmas, and they'd always say, okay, now that last one, just save it till the 28th, and that's your birthday present. She'd go, damn, and she was a twin, so she got divided by two, and the last present was for her birthday, so she always felt like rats. It should have been in July. Now, when you grew up, Was this a big holiday for you guys? And did you open your presents Christmas morning, Christmas Eve? Was music part of it? Was food a big part of it? What was it? Yeah, so absolutely. So definitely uh, we got one gift the night before on Christmas Eve. Ironically, it was always pajamas. And then we got the bulk of the gifts the next morning. And then we usually get together with family later on the afternoon for a big meal and exchange family gifts. Yeah. Is there a Christmas that you look back on during your childhood when... You got that special present. Was there something that stands out or do they just all kind of blur together? I remember when I was in the sixth grade, I got a bicycle that I'd really been wanting. That stands out in my history. Is there something that jumps out for you? Ironically, it was the bike, the red bike I got when I was around that same grade, 12 or 13, that I'd wanted and made sure they knew and I got it. I wonder why that's such a big deal for us. Is it because it gave us mobility? Freedom. Yeah. To get out there and be on your own and get away from the family for whatever time you could do. Yeah, that's right. You know, we'd walk at like two miles an hour or something, and all of a sudden we could go 20. We could cover ground. It was a freedom sort of thing. So I guess that's why it jumps out. So now, you grow up through that. Was this happy memories for you? Loved it. It was a great time of year. Yeah. You have children. How many do you have? I have two daughters, Cameron's 13 and Audrey's 15. Right. And they're really into horses and equestrian and all. Have you carried that same tradition on in your family now that you grew up with? Have you started new traditions, a new history, or is it carried on? I think it's changed a little bit. We now switch between families traveling back and forth. So that's changed the dynamic a little bit. It's great to spend time with the nieces as well and my nephew. So the dynamics change a little bit because of mobility and traveling, but otherwise we still have the big meal, usually on Christmas Day, get everyone together. And as you know, that's a challenge just to get people in the same room. Yeah. My dad used to say that the holidays are a time of year when people that don't know each other that well travel too far, get tired, get together in too small a space and spend too much time together. Now he was a bit of a humbug when he said that, but is that part of it? Is it forced or does everybody want to be together? I think we all want to be together. I think we all walk away at the end saying we wish we could have more individual time together because it's always a big group and 20, 30 people, but we love it and the energy and the the sharing of stories is always the best. Yeah. So you don't drive 20 hours, kids in the back. We've done that and prefer not to for sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course. All right. Now you're here with Freedom and you guys have been razzing me about this, what is it, round top? Round table pizza. Round Round table table pizza. pizza. Yeah, well, round table pizza. What has this got to do with Christmas? I've never even heard of round table pizza. So round table pizza is a a great chain in generally Northern California, a little bit in Southern California, and it's definitely our family's favorite pizza. Yeah, but you did it at Christmas, right, Freedom? Christmas Day, it would be a movie and round table pizza. That was a tradition. It was. But you still had a traditional meal. Yes, on Christmas Eve. Okay, well, you're going to have to scare up a round table pizza and bring it over so I can have one. Deal. King Arthur Supreme. 
Yeah. We'll bring it over. That's what you get? Yeah. That's what we're going to get one. you. All right. So you looking forward to Christmas this year, Hunt? Super excited. It's just going to be great to get the family together, and my kids are going to be in the Tournament of Roses parade, so that's just going to be the icing on the top. Yeah, now let's not gloss over this here, because <laughs> you're the only person I know that's ever had anybody in the Rose Parade. So tell me what your kids are going to do, and you got to be there at like 3 in the morning? So we get there about 10 at night. They're riding for the Blue Shadows Mounted Drill Team. They're on the parade team, and they get together around 10 at night. We wait all night on the street outside of Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena, and then at 3, 4 in the morning, they start getting ready for the parade, which starts at 8. So it takes that long to assemble everything, because there's how many floats and different things in the parade? It's over 100, it's right? It's over 100, yeah. And so they're somewhere in that mix. So everybody has to get lined up. And if somebody's got a flat tire, their float doesn't run or whatever, they got to have five hours to get things situated. And make sure everyone's in the right line and set up and ready to go. And to do this, they've had to work all year long in other parades in order to get ready to prove that they've got the coordination, the skill, everything to ride in this parade, because this is a worldwide event that people tune in for the Rose Parade. So it's a big deal for those girls to get to be in this. That's a tremendous honor. We're thrilled that they can be part of this. My wife and I have driven all over every holiday driving, doing parades, which we love, but it's just going to be a treat for us to watch them out there on Colorado Boulevard. Well, just think for the rest of their lives, you'll be able to say they rode in the Rose Parade. That's awesome. I mean, that's a big deal. Well, congratulations for that and tell them how proud we are of them. We'll all be watching. So tell me the name of the group again. Blue Shadows Mounted Drill Team. Okay, Blue Shadows Mounted Drill Team, not Mountain, Mounted Drill Team. So everybody be watching for that on the Rose Parade and uh, we'll see your girls. Tell us their names. Audrey and Cameron. Audrey and Cameron. So we'll look for them in the Rose Parade. Thanks for talking to us. Happy holidays. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street. Essential television. Introducing my friends, I want to introduce Chip Babcock. This is Charles L. Babcock. He's the premier defense lawyer on First Amendment issues in America, and I can say that not just being prejudiced. I think if you took a consensus, he is the premier defense lawyer on First Amendment issues. And I've known Chip for 30 years. The first lawsuit we ever did together was the JFK assassination case. It was well after the assassination, but some doctors had written a book, and the AMA had taken issue with them, and so we were having to defend the American Medical Association. So we had the Warren Commission files, the Bruder films, everything at my office in Dallas, and that's where he and I got to know each other, and we went to trial together. 
every time something went to trial from that point forward, and he has become one of my dearest friends, he and Nancy, with Robin and I and our families, over the last 30 years. So I'm going to talk to Chip Babcock from Houston, Texas, about the Christmas traditions in his life. So here we go. Chip, tell me what your Christmas was like growing up. What did you guys do? And what part of the country did you do it? And what were the traditions at your home? Well, I started out in Brooklyn, New York. And there's a picture of me uh, at Macy sitting in the lap of Scary Santa. And (laughs) Scary Santa looks like he is a serial killer (laughs) and on drugs and drunk as a skunk. And I'm looking at him like, gee, I didn't think Santa was like this. But we had very traditional Christmases in Brooklyn. Uh, We went to my grandparents' place at Park Slope. They had a brownstone that was just really gorgeous and a tree and the turkey dinner and the whole thing. So what year was this that they abandoned you to crack Santa? I was five. Yeah? So, uh, yeah, there is a nasty picture of me with crack Santa. (laughs) Yeah, well, that explains a lot now that I know that you were traumatized by crack Santa. It's not a story I tell a lot, though. No, I expect not. So at home, did you guys put up the tree and go through all the regular traditions that most families do? Yeah, we did. It was always at my grandparents when I was in Brooklyn. But then I moved to West Palm Beach, Florida. And the saying there was always, it's going to be a sweaty Christmas. (laughs) And it was just, you know, completely different. Right. But we still had the tree, but no snow. And it didn't feel uh, quite the same way it did in Brooklyn. Which did you like the best, cold and snowy Brooklyn or a sweaty Christmas in Palm Beach? Well, I got to say that I sort of preferred the sweaty Christmas in Palm Beach. I don't know why, but I've always been a warm weather person. In fact, this year, as we have the past couple of years, we're going back to Florida, to Naples, where we have a home, and we decorate it with a tree and have the kids and the whole nine yards. Well, that's great. So now when Christmas comes around, how do you and Nancy spend it? What do you do? Well, Nancy always cooks roast beef and a beautiful dinner on the, on Christmas Day at about 4 o'clock in the afternoon between 4 and 6. We eat and just, you know, great fixings and a lot of food, too much food. And we have a good feast and open presents and have a good time. Well, one of the things we do when we have our Christmas dinner that McGraws have always done, I think you know this, of course, is we always kind of go around the table and talk about what we think our biggest blessings have been, either one blessing or biggest blessings that we have in our lives are for the year gone by. If you were to look back at 2019, we're closing out a decade here and moving into a new decade. Are there any particular blessings that jump out at you? in your life as we close out this decade moving forward that you think about? Yeah, sure. I mean, the number one thing I think is I've got great health, and Nancy does too. We're both uh, healthy, and the kids are healthy. And the kids are all (laughs) off the payroll in very fulfilling, creative jobs. You know what my kids are doing. Right. Uh, One's a TV producer in Tampa, and one is in the art world in New York, very successful. and. The other one's in L.A., has a podcast herself, Atomic Moms. I'll put a plug in for it. Yes. Her husband, Adam, is a very accomplished playwright coming out with a new movie with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, called Black Adam, that is uh, 
going to be filming, I think, next month in Atlanta. So they're all doing great. Everybody's healthy, and we got two grandkids who are as sweet as they can be and very smart and talented. So, you know, that's certainly a blessing. Health, great family, great kids, and a very rewarding and uh, active career. I have clients who get in trouble all the time, which is good for me. Yeah, of course. You don't want peace breaking out, that's for sure. No, 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 no. That's not a good thing when peace breaks out. Yeah. Well, you're right. You have so much to be thankful for and so many blessings and well-deserved because you've done a great job raising your family. And I know your girls and I know Nancy and I know Ellie and Adam. And it's not a mistake that you've got all this family around and everybody's doing so well and you have great relationships with all of them. And I'm just glad to be part of that circle, and I feel blessed to get to know everybody that's in your world. Well, I could say the same thing about yours, Phil. I've known your boys since they were very little kids throwing baseballs around the diamond at Green Hill School in Dallas, and Jay turning into a pretty good little point guard in high school. And, And they've staked out different career paths, but both enormously successful. And you and Robin have done a fantastic job. And frankly, you've had a little harder than I have because they've had to grow up under the glare of Hollywood, and you've done a great job of integrating into that. Well, they've certainly kept their feet on the ground, and I'm very fortunate to be able to say that. But listen, I know that it's a busy time, and you're getting ready for a big thing tomorrow, so I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. I want you to give Nancy a big hug for me, tell the girls, hey. Listen to this podcast because it's out today, which is Christmas Eve. So be sure and listen to it. I will listen to it today. All right. Chip, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. One of my dearest friends is Lynn Wood. Lynn is a plaintiff's lawyer out of Atlanta, Georgia. He's a plaintiff's lawyer in First Amendment cases. He's one that represents plaintiffs when they feel like they've been slandered and libeled. He's probably best known, or at least initially, for his representation of Richard Jewell. There's actually a movie out about him right now, Richard Jewell. He was a security guard that was falsely accused in the Centennial Olympic Park bombing in Atlanta in 1996. It was his representation of Richard Jewell that inspired Dan Rather to call him the attorney for the damned. And it really changed Lynn Wood from a personal injury lawyer into probably the best known defamation lawyer in the country. He's gone on to represent some of the most high-profile plaintiffs in America. He's a fine man. He's a family man. As I say, he's one of my best friends. We've known each other for a long, long time, and we know each other really well. So you're going to hear me talking to Lynn Wood about Christmas traditions in his life. And you know, all of us don't grow up in a really peaceful and happy environment, but we do hope to land on our feet, and Lynn is exactly that. He didn't grow up in a really happy, peaceful household, but he certainly has landed on his feet. So let's hear from Lynn Wood. Well, Lynn, what I wanted to do is just talk to my best friends about the Christmas traditions in their families that they grew up with and the Christmas traditions that they've practiced since they were adults, whatever they are, whether it's something fancy or not fancy or whatever. So I'm just interested in knowing 
when you grew up in your family, what were your Christmas traditions? And what's the first Christmas that you remember? Well, you know, Phil, you've asked me a question that if we really wanted to go through my family's traditions and then the different and varied Christmas traditions that I have experienced since my family's relationship ended with the death of my mother and, and when I was 16, we'd probably have to talk for a couple hours because I've had a lot of them. But the first distinct recollection I have of a Christmas memory is when I was in my bedroom and my 22-month-older sister, Diane, came in, snuck in, in the middle of the night, and we watched my mother and father taking things out of the trunk of the car, and then when they would go to bed, we'd wait an hour or so, and we'd flash a signal with each other from room to room with a flashlight, and we would sneak in the little living room of our house, and we'd get a sneak preview of all the beautiful, shiny things that were on the floor near the Christmas tree, only to wake up the next morning and act like we were totally surprised. (laughs) How old were you when this was going on? Bill, I was probably, from that recollection, I would say I was probably eight, seven, eight, or nine years old. And where were you living? Likely six or seven. I was living at my family's home at 2517 Treadway Drive in Macon, Bibb County, Georgia. Macon, Georgia. Macon, Georgia. I call it God's country. You know I went to Mercer Law School. Right. And when I go around the country, I tell people when they ask me where'd you go to law school, I say I went to Mercer University, the Harvard of the South. Exactly. They would quickly look over to me and say, oh, you mean you went to the Harvard of Bibb County? And I went, yeah, I guess that's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. Now, was this something that you guys opened presents on Christmas morning? Is that what you did? Our presents would always be fully unwrapped from Santa Claus. Right. Be unwrapped and on display, ready to dive into. There would be a few uh, presents wrapped under the tree, and those would be presents that were more directed from someone to someone. Like, perhaps I would wrap up a present for my sister or a present for my mom or dad, and someone outside the family might wrap up a present and give it to us, and we'd put it under the tree. And after we experienced the open and obvious gifts from Santa, then we would sit around and open and unwrap the gifts that were special and had been put under the tree that weren't part of Santa. And how many years was this your practice before things really changed? And we don't need to go through all of them, but at some point it really changed for you. Well, I mean, I realized in a few short years that there was no need to look out the window, and I kind of sort of knew what to expect that would be on the floor around the tree. So I think that the tradition that I've described for you was probably one that existed for another two or three years, but by age, I would say easily by 10, certainly by 11, the tradition changed before it really changed again after I turned 16. Yeah. And what happened when you turned 16? Well, at 16 years of age, when I was in the 11th grade, I came home from a fraternity party. Luckily, I got to my home before my sister, Diane, arrived. And I saw uh, and witnessed and experienced firsthand the conclusion of, in effect, 16 years of what I had witnessed in a household of significant, if not horrible, domestic abuse. My mother and father drank too much at times. They physically fought too often. And I came home and found my mother in her bedroom dead, my father in the bathroom trying to get a wash rag 
wet to put on her head because he didn't realize that she was dead. But tragically, he had beaten her to death, and I sent my mother to the morgue that night, and I sent my father to prison, and my life changed forever. Mm. And it changed not in a negative way, Phil, but in a positive way because it was a blessing in disguise. Right. And I became independent. I had to. And because of that, I have lived a very full and wonderful life where I feel like that I have taken the blessings God gave me to be a storyteller. And I've told the stories of a lot of individuals in a court of law. By doing that, I have taken a blessing from God and I've distributed it to other people. That's the long and short of Lynn Wood at age 67 in my life's experience. Right. But even against that terrible backdrop, of course, you did have some memories with, like your sister, that were fun and positive for you. I have wonderful memories, not only of my sister, sisters, I have an older half-sister, right? who I believe is my sister-sister, but I have a lot of wonderful, loving memories of my parents and, and my mother's love and my father's love. So even in a life of tragedy, there are many, many memories that I would even suggest dominate the bad memories. Right. Because despite their behavior, there was no doubt that my parents loved me and loved my sisters. And I have great memories about that part of the life that I led and no regret. Well, that's great. And now when you became the dad and you started your own family, what was Christmas like in your house? What did you put together for your family? Well, if I can just regress for just a second, my family always had a beautiful Christmas tree, my parents. And then they got caught up, particularly my dad, in that era where most people may not remember this unless you're my age or I'm probably older than you, Phil, but if I'm not, that's okay. You don't have to admit it. They bought an artificial silver tree, and it had a little light on it. Yeah, the aluminum trees with the little light wheels, right? Yep, that was the last two or three years of Christmas trees that I remember in my family. And so when I started with my own families, and I've had a few, as you know, but I got four wonderful kids from a variety of wives that I worship and I'm glad that I have them, and I wouldn't change anything in my life about my life because it would potentially put at risk my having those four wonderful children now. But I, first and foremost, always wanted to have a real tree, so I've always been someone that put a lot of time and energy into picking out a real tree. When my youngest daughter, Chandler, was old enough to get into the Christmas tradition, she has ever since then, and even this year, when she's in Idaho doing her equine DVM internship, she would always go with me and she and I would pick out the tree. So a real Christmas tree, the smell of it, the looks of it, the shape of it, has always been the dominant Christmas decoration or symbol of Christmas, short of the symbol of God. The Christmas tree for me has always been the key focus point of my Christmases with my kids and my family. Right. Is there a favorite Christmas dish that you guys always make at Christmas time? Well, given that I was many years the cook playing Mr. Mom as well as Dad, if you ask me my <laughs> you ask me my favorite food at Christmas, I'd probably tell you without being paid by the company, it would be a honey baked ham that you could pull off and eat as a snack or slice it up and put it on a plate for your full meal. So I'd get a honey baked ham or a honey baked uh, turkey and that would probably be my favorite Christmas dish. 
Well, that's what we do. We get a honey-baked ham. I fry it up on Christmas morning. We make sandwiches all day long and then drink water like crazy. <laughs> now, if you throw a piece of fresh pecan pie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream on it, I wouldn't argue with you that that's my second most favorite Christmas food. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, where are you going to spend Christmas this year? I'm going to head out Saturday for Austin, Texas, where I'll spend three days with my oldest son, Matt, his wife, Reagan, my grandson, age almost one on January the 26th, Nash Lincolnwood, and my younger son, Charlie, who lives in Austin. Then I'm going to fly back to Atlanta with Charlie. We'll celebrate the Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at my house. He'll spend some time with his mom and her family, his family through her. And then I'm going to get on the plane on the 26th. I'm going to fly out to Boise, Idaho, to Meridian with Charlie and my former wife, Debbie, his mother. And we're going to spend four days with my daughter, Chandler, and her boyfriend, Tyler, and their dogs. And we're going to have a heck of a time. And my little puppy, Allie, is going to be on that plane going with me on both of those trips. It's going well. to be filled in only by spending time on Friday because it's the only time that we're going to be able to have with my oldest daughter, Ashley. Uh, the next several days, my Christmas will be spent exactly the way I want to spend it. I'll be spending time with my children and my family. Well, that's just terrific. You know, one of the traditions that we have with my family, with Robin and Jay and Jordan, is we always, at Christmas dinner, we reflect back over the year on things we've done, people we know, experience we've had, and reflect on blessings in our life during that year. If you reflect back on blessings in your life from this last year, is there anything that really jumps out at you? In the last year, Phil, and again, probably not an area that can be explored in a fairly short conversation, but I have a daughter who has her own three children that for a variety of reasons I have not seen since she was one year of age, and I was not much allowed to see her during that first year. In the past year, she and I, have reached out very carefully, very protectively, and I received a few weeks ago an email from her that she resent to me with a Christmas card of her and her family, who are genetically my family and my grandchildren, although not, I wasn't the granddad or the dad that raised any of them. And she and I will meet at her request over a cup of coffee in January. And that has to be, Phil, the greatest blessing that I could have received in the past year. Well, that's just terrific. And the other blessings are defined by the names of Matt and Ashley and Charlie and Chandler. I have a lot to be thankful for, my friend. I have been blessed in so many ways by a good and loving and forgiving God. Well, because I know you the way I do, I know how important that is to you. and. You've got to be on the short list of the most successful lawyers in American jurisprudence, and I know that those things outshine every accomplishment and achievement that you have, so I know how important those things are to you. And once again, as we always know, Dr. Phil McGraw, in that synopsis, is absolutely 100% right. I'm a very blessed man. It has nothing to do with my practice of law. It has everything to do with my family.
and the many blessings that God has bestowed upon me, those are the blessings that have meant the most to me in my life. Well, as I say, I can attest to that because I have the privilege of knowing you very well, so I can certainly attest that that's how you feel. And the privilege has also been mine to know you, Phil. And I look forward to the years we have together to continue to have conversations and share our friendship. I thank you for them in advance. Well, I cherish it as well. I know it's a busy time, and I thank you for taking the time to share this with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that will be listening to this over today and the next week and all of that. So it's great for them to hear from someone as accomplished as you and hear how important family is to you. Thank you for the opportunity, Phil. All right, Lynn, we'll let you go. Thanks so much. Thank you, and we'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I want to say thanks to all my friends for taking time to share their family's holiday traditions, and of course to my wife, Robin, for helping me celebrate ours. We're looking forward to 2020, and of course, one of the great holiday traditions is New Year's resolutions. In fact, the next episode of this podcast, I'm going to talk about New Year's resolutions and how the average person keeps them for just, wait for it, 12 days before they give up. That's right, they last for 12 days. I'm also going to tell you how to increase your efficiency by 500% in 2020. That's a bold statement, I know, but I'm going to give you some bold tools to make it happen. The first part of this episode will be out on New Year's Eve, with part two following one week later. I hope you'll join me, but for now, happy holidays. I'm Dr. Phil.